This is CliffCentral.com. Just let it let it go. Yes, as I interpret, they're saying Skarasa Waisenya. Don't make noise, you're ruining it. Just a bit just a little bit will get you. You can feel it's already moving you. It's a Tuesday morning. You know this when you hear the voice of Dimimuraiki. Alalosha. And me, myself, Mabali Moloi, mm. with a massive hangover today, ne? You are massively hungover, I'm massively hungry. I just want to quit this drinking thing. It's pointless, it costs money, it destroys organs, <laughs> it steals away your productivity and time. I, I don't want to do this anymore. I speak like that every hangover. Every single hangover, that is my sermon, and then I heal. And then I forget, and then I encounter vodka or whiskey or <laughs> cockneck, <laughs> and then it's over. Ah, so last night I went to go and see my sister-in-law and my brother, mm-hmm. and I had some wine. But this is after two weeks of being very disciplined because I'm trying to do this healthy eating, shifting of the weight thing. Mm. So I haven't had a sip in a while. Mm. And then yesterday... But you know when you haven't had in a while, it hits you so much harder. Cause because bo- you had a gulp, Because your, your body's like, Joe, what, what, this poison, I thought we got rid of it. Mm. Anyway. That's Don't my blame th- the alcohol. Wh- what must I blame? You. I am blaming myself. Mm, hey. Okay, fine. Mm. I'm taking full responsibility mm. for making poor life decisions. People like to give alcohol a bad name and I don't like <laughs> it. I really am over this now. Anyway. How's everybody? I hope you guys are great. It's a Tuesday. Our, how are we, how are we great in 2016 South Africa where born frees are fighting each other across racial lines and hating each other in the same way that our parents and grandparents hated each other? Where, where have we progressed as a people in this country? Hmm? It's because these born frees have suddenly discovered struggle. Now they will see. So I, I suppose it's worth getting into this situation that we find ourselves in yes. with the student protests. Mm. You know, a few weeks ago at UCT, students were protesting the fact that they don't have accommodation on the on the campus, right? Mm. So then there was hashtag, I think it was hashtag Shackville or something, mm. where they erected a shack on the on the university <laughs> campus itself. Uh, things very quickly got rowdy. Uh, paintings were burnt, which is so horrible. Like. Destroy anything. But art, guys. Art is like, it's like stabbing a singer in the throat so that they can't sing anymore. It really, you, how do you do that? And then I heard that one of the paintings that was destroyed was actually painted by a black guy who, who apparently had a rough life. They, they felt the need to mention that he'd had a rough life and he went to the, to the university on scholarship or something, something, mm. something. And then somebody managed to get a hold of this guy and said, did you know that your paintings, painting was one of those that were destroyed? And he said, I don't care. I'm with the students. <laughs> Which wow. I thought was interesting. Um, but it's true. 
If you are a product of struggle and suffering and you feel like your artwork has now become a part of something that elite, that's elite, elitist and, 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 um, king, it's not accessible. I understand what he means when he says with the students. At the same time, I feel like find a new way of protesting, guys. Okay. So then how, what is the new way of protesting? I don't know, but we need to fight. Because for me, it's about what are you fighting about? Hmm. If it's a black and white fight, well, it has become now a black and white fight because, you know, what happened on the campus of University of the Free State mm. yesterday, mm. a rugby match was ongoing. Mm. Um, now, this, according to social media, then black students arrived and some are saying they arrived there and they started singing and then parents and rugby players alike from the stands got up and then a whole fight ensued and people were beating each other up. They because also, we're not allowed to sing. There are all sorts of videos going viral on Twitter. So... So then what, what are we going to do? What is going to, because, you know, I've always maintained that the thing about, um, starting on the back end, Mm. on the back foot, Mm. and the thing about not having things Mm. is at some point you are going to become frustrated with the fact that you don't have certain things. Mm. And then when that frustration happens, you are going to act out in a certain way. Mm. So then the solution is is not to just tell these people, oh, well, we'll just fucking deal with it, such as life. Mm. So then uh, how are we supposed to deal with these situations? There is a wise uncle who once said, if you take a goat and you tie it to a pole and you tie it on a short string, it's going to walk around in circles around this pole. You know, it's going to get used to walking in this diameter. When you untie that rope, it's not going to run away. It's going to keep walking within that area, within that space. Because that's what it knows. Because that's what it knows. Okay. And I feel like if people thought, I didn't get over apartheid. Oh, it was so long ago. Come on, it's been 20 years. This is a prime example of what we mean about systematic oppression. What we mean about people's minds are are really cuffed up. Older people poisoning younger minds. Younger people um, having their own interpretation of where things come from and what's going on right now. Because there's still so many residuals of, of the past. The fact that so many of our people still can't afford to get into university without a bursary. People like me who got excluded because mm. we couldn't afford it. And, and we- so my question is then... Why are you surprised when people get fed up of their situation? Why are you surprised? Why why do we expect people to be okay with being on the back foot their entire lives? Because we've been singing Kumbaya for so damn long. See, people have never understood why they're so, you find uh, circles of black people who are pissed off at Mandela and don't um, revere him the way a lot of us revere him. It's because a lot of people feel like, yeah, but we need retribution. And for me, I don't say I agree we need retribution, but I think we do need to deal with the fact that we are scarred as a people. And as a people, I don't mean black people. I mean black, I mean white. I mean any South African who has been through the traumatic history we've had will know. It's like... If I was molested 20 years ago, are you telling me it's been 20 years, I should be over it and I should be fine? Basically, that's what we're saying, yes. This country is cuffed up, guys. I think we should just make the whole country go to freaking comedy. We should have government subsidized comedy shows and make sure that uh, within every sector, within every little province, within you make sure that comedians are assigned a, 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 a square and, and we just we deal. We deal. We laugh. We cry. We laugh. We cry. We offload. We light a bong. Mm. Yeah, that's important. I feel like, oh, 
I feel like we should all go on a national high. We should mm. all get high. A national high, my friend. Because do you, Parliament needs to share what they've been smoking. Mm. We can all agree. No one can disagree with me. We've seen it. We've seen Sona. We've watched the debates. We know there's enough going around in there that they must just share with the nation. And we can put it to good use, find our inner peace and laugh. I saw a tweet by Nomboniso Gasa who said, no, it's not Gasa. Who is it? I can't remember. But anyway, the point of her tweet was that as long as um, the missions of black and white people in this country are diametrically opposed mm. in terms of what needs to be done for mm. us to move forward, mm. it's never going to happen. We are never going to move forward until those missions are on the same level as black and white people. And the fact of the matter is they are not. The things that black people want in this country are diametrically opposed to what to the things that white people want for this country in order for this country to move forward. Hi, guys, me, I don't know geometry. So whether something is diametrically, perpendicularly or whatever opposed, <laughs> what I think is what people must realize in this country is that the struggle is no longer black and white. It's the haves and the have-nots. Because when I look at the bitter whites and the bitter blacks, it's the ones who are not eating money. If you look at the ones who are fine, it's because they're still eating money. So me, I think people must just be clever. There are white people out there who I'm going to be honest with you right now. Apartheid and let you the fuck down. So you are bitter. You have nothing now. You know why? You were in a system that didn't empower you. They just gave you things on a silver platter. Now you have to work for shit and you don't know how to do it. Because why? You were just suckling happily on the breast of apartheid. Now it has weaned you and you are fucked because you were not ready. And as for black people, those of you who are still not eating money, it is because unfortunately the gravy train missed you or you are just, you will never achieve such and you must know tenders have passed you and you must know that there are those of us who are eating because we can speak English a certain way. And it, it, it is such polar opposite. They are the ones who talk like this. They are eating it because their accent is that of struggle. And then there are those who speak like this and we think, oh, that's a clever black who can definitely keep a country going. So as soon as this country realizes that the real divide in this country is the haves and the haves not, have not, then this country will move forward. Look at those students now. Let's go and do some research on where these kids were fighting. You'll find those, those white kids in the free state who are fighting were not wearing shoes. <laughs> what? Mm. Does that mm. have to do mm. with I've said it. I'm tired of this country and our <laughs> stupid polarizations. Oh, Gosiam. Uh, Dumisha on WeChat says the born freeze were sheltered from the system all their lives and now they're expected to adapt to the system that they don't understand. That and in and of itself confuses me. What does that mean? I I think it's it's alluding to the fact that it it was this it was this rainbow nation bullshit. Mm. That was fed. Mm. And then when they suddenly, now that they are adults, <clears throat> they realize that, oh no, actually that was all a lie. Mm. And now look at me having to deal with the real world and I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to deal with the real world. Hmm. But gay. Yeah. Student protests. The, our campuses are war fields at the moment. UCT, Takis, University of the Free State, every campus you look at, Kids are fighting with each other. They're beating each other up. I'm surprised that nobody has actually lost a life in amidst all of this. It's no, because it's a, it's protest with matric with exemption. You know, matric with exemption protest versus <laughs> general protest. 
talking such <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I just feel like there's so much anger. I just can't anymore. I, I don't know what to do with this anger. Oh I, I actually, I, it, you know, it, mm. it scares me because what happens when, I don't even know if we have already surpassed boiling point. What happens once you surpass boiling point? I don't know. When, like what, what does that look like for this country? And the sadness of it all is all this anger coming from these so-called born freeze, mm. these young people who, you know, we were supposed to as a country and as people who are older than them, we were supposed to do better for them. Mm. Look at how much we have failed, actually. Mm. Because that's where the anger is coming but from. But we're also in a country where people, unfortunately, and I know I'm going to get slated for this, but people also have a sense of entitlement and mm. it's a problem. The sense of entitlement is, I think, part of the reason that these things are happening. I haven't been anywhere in the world in functioning universities where you can go, oh, everybody goes to university. Whether you like it or not, university is not one of those things where everybody has access because it is expensive. It is what it is. And if you want to get in, you have to make sure you have the academic acumen. You have to make sure that you can afford it or that you are so so well equipped. You qualify for these bursaries and stuff like that. So there we have to still have to go all the way back to grassroots level of honestly, what is our education system doing? Honestly, no. let's be honest. Yeah. We are not, when you look at the state of schools in this country, I'm talking government schools and I'm not talking about the ones that do great because they do exist. Unfortunately, they are outnumbered, outnumbered by the ones that don't. Yet you expect those kids who you've just been pushing forward, pushing forward, pushing forward for years to make it into universities. And then some of them do make it into universities because then university has a quota to meet. But then those kids are failing. Mm. So that's not the university's fault because university pro- uh, universities have bridging programs. That's not the university's fault. It is the foundation with which these kids are arriving at, at school. No, man. We just sometimes we need to take responsibility for our own mess. The problem here is that from the day that you are born until you get to that level, all you keep hearing from your parents is that education, education, education mm. is the future. And if you find yourself not being in an institution such as a, a tertiary institution, you are screwed. You are fucked. So do we need to be changing that message then and saying, actually, it's what you are good at. You need to find another option uh. if you are not going to be able to make it uh. into that tertiary institution. Uh. We need to start changing that message mm. because your entire life you keep hearing if you don't make it to varsity, you are screwed. Mm. You mm. are going to end up a failure in life. You're not going to mm. get a proper job. Mm. You're going to struggle to make it. It's I'll, going to be a rough I prefer road. those parents who when the kid says, I want to leave school, they go, okay, so what's your plan? Before they go, I'm going to whip you, whip some sense into you. They go, okay, <laughs> you don't want to go to school. Perfect. What's your plan? Mm. What are you going to do with your life? You know what I mean? Ayman, let's move on from this topic. It's depressing me. Okay, then. Let's talk about the SAF denominations because... <laughs> yeah, why are you laughing? Because, um, Mabali, I don't know if you heard, but uh, my production company has eight nominations. Thanks. And I, I, I have, I have two nominations to my name as well. And there's a journalist who was slating me, saying that I was dressed like I'm dropping the kids off at school on the red carpet. Oh, but I know, right? Oh. Like everybody was being so complimentary, and then this bitch 
And I'm like, really? You're gonna, honestly, I've always loved your articles in the Sunday Independent. Must you be such a bitch? And also, I actually looked cute and I looked pretty and the invite said breakfast and it didn't say anything about a dress code. And I wish you'd seen how everybody else was dressed. And honey, I've been to so many of these awards nomination announcements and yeah, they've never really felt like, oh my God, let me dress up. I've always known that the big picture paparazzi vibes will happen later. Oh, sorry. I did not mean to do that. Yeah, but play the song. It's nice. I was trying to actually just play a round of applause and now this thing went defunct on my laptop, but it's fine. <laughs> so let's let's begin with what are these are the South African film, film and, and television, television awards. awards yeah, ne? yeah, yeah. How does how does it work? Do you get nominated by us, the messes, or do do, do uh, is it like the Oscars where eighty of them get together and they decide who's good and who's not <laughs> this year? I wish it worked that way, but the way it works actually is that you um you submit your show. Okay. Right, there's a submission process. Then once you've submitted the, there's a panel of judges, and that panel of judges picks um, the the shortlist basically mm, mm. for nomination. And then there's a category that is open to public vote, which is the presenter of the year award. And I made it onto that shortlist. So if you're listening and you like me, uh, this is for OPW, for my work on OPW. Nice. Yes. So, yeah, I'm hoping people will support and vote for me. Although I feel sabotaged because I'm there as Butumelo or Say Tutu. And I'm like, yeah, but how many people know I'm Butumelo or Say Tutu? Why am I not that there as Butumimurake? Because people will be like, yeah, but you can't vote for this bitch. We don't know who she is. Ah, snap. You understand? Okay. okay. Okay, okay. Using my ID, ID book name like they're trying to, <laughs> trying to kill a sister or something. <laughs> Stop it there, y'all. But what have you been nominated for? Like, do we know these shows that you have been nominated for? Oh, no, no. So it's, uh, um, so OPW is our perfect wedding, obviously. Yes. And then there's a sitcom I did with my husband. It's called Got That Life Crisis. Okay. That's, that's your work. Yes. So I'm very excited. Um, because now they've gone and, uh, given us that nod of, you know, well done. And uh, I'm very excited. And uh, the nominations we have are for Best TV Comedy, Best Actress in a TV Comedy, Best Supporting Actor in a TV Comedy, Best Supporting Actress in a TV Comedy, which is me, by the way. I played the role that's been nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Best Writing in a TV Comedy, which is what I did. Best Cinematography in a TV Comedy, Best Editing in a TV Comedy, and Best Sound Design in a TV Comedy. So we are very excited because, you know... um, my husband and I, like, how can I put it? My husband and you I. You work hard. We work hard, but also with this sitcom, you know, um, I, I didn't think it did that well in terms of viewership on, on, on Mzanzi. But the reason we did it was because when my husband and I started this thing, we were like, let's put on shows that we'd want to watch over and over again. Because, you know, we watch, a, we consume a lot of American sitcom, a lot of American drama. And that's because there's a certain, Thing we like there, the and 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 it becomes it becomes problematic when then as viewers we watch local stuff and you uh-huh. think to yourself, but it's not as good as the international level. I don't know why we do this though. Huh. We're always comparing ourselves to the Americans, right? Yeah, but because they had TV before us, and we're like trying to get it to their standard. And to be honest, I wanna I wanna big up every single. Again, and I've done it before and I'll do it again that I just want to pick up every single South African producer, South African writer, um, South African art department, South African, you know, people who make these things look great because the, the amount of time and the kinds of budget that we have 
are a fraction mm. of what people are getting overseas, mm. Mm. yet our shows compete toe-to-toe with the ones overseas. So I think we're an extremely talented group of people in this country. And I think this 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 constant cry about budget and time, we must just leave it alone. Because you know what? I don't think it's about to change anytime soon because the economy is what it is and the country is what it is. I want to know how we can become like a Nollywood. Because you know that those mm. Nigerian, <clears throat> the Nigerian um, yeah. movies. Yeah. Apparently, Nollywood is something like the second or third largest contributor to the Nigerian economy. Mm. That is massive. But that's because the Nigerians support their own people. Which we struggle with here. Which we struggle with here. And they tell the stories as honestly as possible. So before they be try and look like Spielberg, they try and just tell their story. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's how when we consume it, we are so entertained. You know? And we're so curious. Oh, you know? This, there's that is. truth. Yes, there's that truth. And there's that just going out and telling those stories. Because I've also noticed in my household, when I look at the, the local content, you know, those, those made for TV films, those South African ones, I find that, um, a lot of the times that's what I'll find playing in my house, that my sister's watching that. When my cousins are over, that's what they're watching. The, the, the domestics are watching that. So for me, it's the more the people with the money choose to spend that money on local content, the better, the better. Let's not all just go and fly to watch Star Wars. Let's also fly to go and watch Happiness is a Four-Letter Word. Have you seen it? I was supposed to see it this weekend. Unfortunately, I didn't. I wasn't so lekker. And then I was away. And then I, I really back. want to see this movie. It's but I want to take a group Mao. of people. Yes, it's Kanye. It's Renate Stierman. Um, I think Mabatu, Mabatu produced it. Hey, or is she in it as well? I, d- I don't, I don't. I think know. she's in it. Hey, but it's, it's a rom-com essentially. It's a rom-com and it's a well done rom-com. Cause you know, in this country, we, I, I'm personally, uh, tired of watching the AIDS movies. I'm like, we're not, uh, seriously, we, we have happy stories in this country. We have cute stories. And I love when I see a bit of rom-com. I've, 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 I often hear a lot of people saying that they're tired of those movies and also the, the struggle movies, mm. you know, the, the movies. About- the struggle movies, I'm sorry. Struggle movies I can never say I'm tired of And I'm going to tell you why Okay When you go to Hollywood mm. And they do the Holocaust What was the Holocaust, bruh? But the Holocaust is always like a heck of an offering When it comes out Yeah And it's because that's still important mm. And for me Apartheid is the same thing it, it needs to have that level of importance And it needs to have that level of expectation Of you expect that movie to come out Because you expect that there's so many facets of this thing That need to be told So many stories, so many angles So many people's perspectives That we still need to get And we these stories are important Lest we forget So for me, Holocaust and Apartheid I, I believe you cannot touch things like that And, go, and slavery oh, I'm tired of seeing And slavery you understand mm. slavery to help you understand a certain mentality, understand your history, understand maybe the root of why now we are in universities burning art. You understand? Yeah. You see, I've often heard a lot of people, and this is coming from a lot of young people, again, mm. the mill- millennials who saying, yeah, but I would much rather watch happiness as a four letter word than mm. watch, you know, another Madiba movie is mm. what they say. Mm. I wouldn't watch another Madiba movie because I get it. The struggle was bigger than him. Even he said it. Mm. So I get people who say that. But I'm sorry, the history of this country, the way things are right now, from monkeys to universities to all of this cuck that's going down, for me tells you we have not begun to make enough stories about apartheid. Because now we need to move just beyond, oh, and then this one got killed and that one got killed. Go into human stories, human stories of that time, the love stories of that time. I'm curious about those love stories. Though that that love must have it it 
was dealt with so many obstacles and mm. so many challenges mm. and it mm. had to be such a strong mm. love to mm. withstand watching your mm. man being dragged mm. and beaten up yes. around by the police yes. being locked up. Yes. Not being there to raise mm. your children. Mm. Unconventional families that started because of apartheid. Now I think it's not about the the subject matter so much as the angle as, as the treatment you know this country is just so complicated man it's 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 more complicated than a than a teenage girl <laughs> i love south africa a national high is what yes. i am proposing yeah. please can we all as a country put aside a day a public holiday we all just take take a couple of joints we light them up we just we drag on that spliff we get a high uh, do, do you know how chilled that that would be for us uh, for our mental state? Oh eight six one triple five one eight nine is the number to dial if you'd like to get a hold of us, or you can just message us straight through to WeChat, uh, cliffcentral.com with uh, myself Mabale Muloi and Dumi Morage. Uh, we're chilling here, man, and we're sipping tea and talking kake. Well, some of it makes sense. Well, I mean, you know. <sighs> this is cliffcentral.com. You're boarding a plane in two hours, and you're looking forward to Sin City. Your girlfriend, however, has her heart set on Rome. You love her dearly, and let's be honest, she totally wears the pants. So you load up Rome Season 2 on your laptop in the Departures Lounge, but by the time you get to Cape Town, you're demanding she plays The Good Wife. Because with Showmax for 99 rand a month, you get to watch the best series and movies online anytime. So get to Showmax.com and get your seven-day free trial. That's right, uh, cliffcentral.com. Mabale Moloit, we more sipping tea. So let me ask you this because, um, I need to, like, have we decided what the correct way of getting rid of someone is? And I'll, I'll, I'll explain why. <coughs> because, um, I was, so I was minding my own business on Twitter, ne? and mm. then some guy crept into my DMs. Hi, God, made me laugh. He was funny. He was witty. I looked at his picture and I thought, hmm, interesting. Met him in person. Not interesting. Like, not, not my type. Not happening. Are we talking card box? <laughs> what do you, what's card, what's like card? cardboard. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? That's a personality. Uh, no. Personality, hi, is sharp. Mm-hmm. He's funny. He's witty and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But the, the physique, you know, when you get down to the superficial stuff of mm-hmm. it, it's just not going to work. He's too short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are short. So if he's too short, I know. he's a midget. So now the thing is, how do you, how does one get him, oneself out of a situation like that where you need, now you're thinking, okay, actually this is not going to work. How do you do it politely with, you know, without hurting people's feelings and without being mean, but at the same time stressing the point that mm, it's not going to work? He might be listening, so you may have succeeded in getting rid of him. He's not listening. Yeah, but he follows you on Twitter, so he knows you're doing this show. So he might go, oh, let me listen so that when I see her, I can make it a topic of conversation. Okay, okay, okay. So on that level, you've it's worked. Okay. Um, otherwise... How do you let people down gently is the ah, question. Yeah, um, in, back in my day, I used to say, I'm not ready for a relationship. Yes, but but can we do this without lying? Is, is, is what I'm getting at. No, I, why must you hurt people with the truth? Are you mad? 
But why must we lie to each other? And you know, the thing is, because guys keep trying and they keep coming back and they keep trying because, you know, they want, like, they just keep coming back and trying. So I'm thinking to myself, if I'm just brutally honest with you from stage Mm. one, then I won't have to deal with Mm. you coming back and then Mm. me having to provide Mm. you with Mm. a second excuse and Mm. a third excuse and then eventually... Then just say to him, you can't offer him anything more than friendship. You like the fact that you click on that level, but you've realized you actually can't have a relationship with him. Okay. And then if he tries to argue you like, yeah, but guy, I'm telling you, I get sharp. And why do they do that? I don't know, but see, that's where girls mess up. Then you start to soften. Don't soften. When he says, yeah, but you go, hey, moon, can't you not just finish my statement? This is not like we are not on the phone. You are not selling me something. And then now you must come up with the next thing. No, there's no other selling point. Mm, I'm done. Mm. I, this is cool. Case closed. Case closed. Signed, sealed and delivered. This is the friend zone. There are electric fences around here. <laughs> there's, there's landmines. So if you try and move beyond this point, you're going to die. Mm. You just put it that way. If all else fails, just start screaming. For no reason. You're sitting in a room, wherever you are, just scream. I have always wanted to just try. Just scream. I've always wanted to try that, mm. and I'm not even joking. I'll speak to him in tongues. Like, just... Then he'll go your psycho. And yeah, then go. he'll just leave. Mm. Um, now, Jimmy, you were, you were telling me about this thing with, with, um, with a young girl who becomes, what is it, pubescent is, mm. is the word. I was right? asking my ballet guys earlier if this has happened to her, where... Mm. When you're just about to go into puberty and your boobies are starting to come out and then your grandmother comes and takes those traditional brooms, the one with the stockies, and then they sweep your boobs. Like, it's like they sweep them down because now you're becoming a woman a little too soon. They're like, whoa, easy on the yeah, boobs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did that ever happen to yes, you? Yes, it did. And I don't know why. Why were they, like they were fighting your womanhood? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know why. So the reason... The stated reason, as far as we are aware, is so that what? So that you don't become a woman. You don't pick too early. But this is this is biology happening. Yeah, but Nothing. they're going, you're going to get the boobs, which means you're going to get the period, which means you're going to have sex, and then you're going to be pregnant before you finish my trick. Okay, but but this is still biology, right? Mm. It's a, it's, it, this is what happens to every woman. Mm. They become pubescent. Mm. They sprout breasts. Mm. Boys start looking at them differently. Mm. Then they have sex. Yeah, you know, you, you bring up a, a good point when you say boys. Because if they're sweeping our boobies, why aren't they sweeping those boys' thingies when they start sprouting, like, when they start getting morning glories and then sweep it down I, as well? I, 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 I don't know. Because it's not fair. See, this is how... Because yeah, people always go, how do we arrive at a point where a country's going, it's okay to check a girl's hymen to decide if she if she qualifies for a bursary, mm, mm, right? Mm, mm. And I think it's shit like that that gets us started. Mm. You know, because historically the the burden has always been placed on us mm. to help these poor fucking idiots, aka the men, from doing dumb shit. It's always our responsibility. She's speaking about that small pocket of men, guys, the stupid ones. <laughs> He's not saying all of you. Sorry, do I? She's categorically stating the <laughs> stupid ones. <laughs> did I, Thank did, you. Did I? Did I? It sounded quite general. Did, did I sound a bit? Uh, yes, what, yes. What? You sounded like you were cock blocking yourself oh, before okay. you even start. What's, what's, there are many hot men who I've seen on Twitter <laughs> and on WeChat who are listening to us. And then the minute you start saying idiots doing stupid things, and then they go, Oh, my ballet, I was going to let you share my chocolate. <laughs> and now you've messed it up. And, and now then there's you a, can't yes, have and any then there's Andris. Andris is going, Yeah, man. Yeah, you know what? Every now and again, I dip into a little bit of that misandrist part of me just for effect, for special effects, though. I don't, uh. I don't, I, I, I don't hate anyone. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so uh, I didn't hear, like, 
that sweeping of boobies. That's what I wanted to know. Like, was it done to you and how did it make you feel? It just left me feeling very confused. Yes. Because you see, a lot of the time when these things are being done to you as well, they're not explaining. They're not explained. And then you just get shouted at and you're Uh. told, this is what needs to be done. Uh. And then it gets done to you and then you're like, but, and then they leave. Uh. And then I used to wish I'd, uh, like, I used to wish I was white because for me, my white friends would be like, Oh, I got my first period. Oh, I got my pet. And you know, pranky every month. For us, it's, you know, now if you sleep with a boy, you're going to get pregnant. Ah! Like, it becomes this ugly thing that's just mm. happened to you. You mm. know what I mean? Mm. Now you freak out. If a guy kisses you, you think you're pregnant. You spend like three months freaking out thinking, Tepper kissed me. Oh my God. My mom's going to see my tummy and I'm pregnant. Meanwhile, it was just a kiss. But just because you started your period, you're convinced. Now, this is a, uh, this is a, Thing, an important thing that you touch on This whole shaming thing Making mm. children feel ashamed mm. About going through certain things mm. Like you know when you get your first period mm. Or when, you've been, when, you've, when your parents catch you masturbating For mm. the first time mm. This shaming thing why, why do parents do that And you're a parent Oh, so you're asking me why we do that in other words. Because you just said, parents do this and you're a parent. I mean, I don't shame. I don't shame. Let, so what, let's say one day you are, you walk into your son's room and he's now a fully fledged teenage boy mm. and you happen to catch him, you know, with his, you know, um, with the arm struggle. With, <laughs> with the arm struggle. <laughs> exactly. Like what, how are you going to deal with that situation? How, I, are, you, how are you going to handle it? I'm going to ask him if he knows, if he knows how it works. You know, and if he feels more comfortable speaking to me or to his dad about it, because I'll tell you why. I think we have a lot of sexual fiends now, sex fiends right now, because people have made sex look like a shameful thing. Mm. I think if we teach kids that sex is a beautiful thing, that sex is is this thing that that you share with the most special person in your life, that number one, they'll respect themselves in their relationship with sex. And number two, they will then be able to understand when bad sex happens. Because for me, if you're making all sex shameful, then how are they ever going to understand sex that, because if, if it's shameful generally to have sex, then when you're raping someone, you don't see the difference because you're going, ah, but anyway, it's bad anyway, generally in its nature. But if you know this is good sex, this is bad sex, if someone is touching you, you feel uncomfortable, you know this cannot be good sex. There's someone I should ask or they, I, you know, I need to address this. You understand? Because for me, I think that also will help with your own child's safety. Because, you know, yes, because when that uncle or that man are going, shh, it's a little secret. They go, yeah, well, sex is a secret anyway, so this must be part of it. Oh, yeah. I never thought about it that way. Yeah, so my my attitude, and I've spoke to my husband about this as well, is with the kids. Their private parts are not ashamed. They're not a shame thing. Um, Sex is not a shame thing. We don't want them watching it on TV because we don't want to confuse them as well. So... But what happens, I mean, in, in this modern era of technology, uh, they very well could be watching mm, things that you're not even aware mm, of. And you catch them watching porn and then you have to ask them what they saw and what they understand about what they saw. Because, you know, your child is going to hear that word at some point. They're going to be curious about it or they're going to giggle around that word mm. because they've heard it somewhere and it's this secretive naughty thing. But the minute you make your child that comfortable in their own skin with sex, with sex particularly I think it's not just a knowledge issue It's a safety issue You know And it's also You're teaching your child to trust you You're teaching your child That it's a safe space mm. For you and them in your house Which for me I think is a huge thing When 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 you think about kids with that history um, You know you and, and they haven't told their parents Or whatever And they were afraid When you listen to their stories You know all of their stories are quite similar Where 
this shame and this ugliness they can't share with their parents, either because of accessibility or because their worldview of sex has just been that sex is a taboo. Like they've done something wrong. They've done something wrong. It should never exist in their reality. But the minute you go, this thing is there in your reality, you know, let me just tell you how it's done. This is when you want to touch yourself. That's good. It's actually good that you're doing that for yourself. Understand why it's healthy because it's making you feel good. So don't feel ashamed. But it's a private thing that's between you and yourself. And when you do it with someone else, it's a private thing that's between you and that person and it should make you feel good. If it's not making you feel good, if at any point you are questioning and you're doubting, you have to stop. Stop and speak to someone if you need to or just stop this thing and do something else because you're not feeling good about it. You know what I mean? Don't you think that makes so much more sense than freaking out? Mm, Because mm. from this is something also learned with my babies that when from the time I was pregnant to when I've had the child, I've realized my mood affects my child. So, for example, I've seen those ladies who get on the flight and she's already tense. The baby hasn't even started making a sound. She's already tense. The baby reads the tension. The baby starts screaming on the flight, not because the child is even uncomfortable, but the child thinks something is wrong because the mother's panicking. So for me, it's the same thing with sex. If then when you have to talk to your child, you are, um, hey, whoo. (laughs) I imagine the difficulty comes in how to have that conversation Mm. because I'm I'm, I'm guessing a lot of parents struggle with, but I mean, how graphic do I get about this thing? Mm. Do I talk about penises and vaginas Mm. or or should, should I talk about flowers and... You know, and, and bees and birds and the bees. And birds and the bees. Yeah. No, bruh. And then, and then also, <clears throat> do you talk about, yeah, it, you do it with somebody you love or do you talk about, well, we do it because it feels good. Yeah. But Mabali, you can't, this thing of you do it with someone you love. Again, this is why I always say, tell the kid about how they feel. This thing of someone you love becomes a problem because then when your child is a teenager and whoever they see says, oh, but you said you love me, but you won't sleep with me. That then they're going to keep thinking, oh, mama said I do it with someone I love. So if I'm refusing to sleep with this person, it means I don't love them. Let me go and have sex with them. As opposed to it has to be something that makes you feel, feel good. good. Both of you should feel good. And if it's just you, you should feel good about it. You know what I mean? Because, look, I also, these are things I also learned because, you know, before I went into the industry, um, I was working with a lot of uh, kids in primary school all the way to high school. Mm. And we always had this thing of, we don't teach people this is wrong, this is right. We don't do that with kids. What we used to do was teach them to take responsibility. We used to teach them that if you, if you are comfortable and you can live with the consequences of what's going to happen. Because obviously when you're talking about sex, you're also telling them that that's how you are conceived. Sex is how you make babies you know what i mean are you ready for that kind of responsibility mm. you see so it's it's beyond that but you start with it's this beautiful thing because it is man sex feels freaking amazing that's why sex workers are probably like what but they're like the oldest profession there is because people need that release for whatever reason on whatever level that's how big and important sex is that's why when you're a monk or a nun what separates you at the end of the day more than anything from everybody else is that you claim you're not boning <laughs> And I'm saying you claim because I don't know. They say they're not born. I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there. I wasn't invited. There was no VIP in your inbox. Yeah, man. There must be ways of handling these things. And you know, it's funny because uh, then it also takes you down to those conversations around going to the mountain. You know, it's such a complicated, big thing. And um, recently I was in a picnic this weekend. In fact, I went on a picnic. Um with uh, a young man called Quinn. He's my firstborn's friend, a new friend. And uh, Quinn is black. 
but he's been adopted a by a white family, a black queen, a black queen yeah. my friend. Yeah. And uh, it's very funny because um, before he came to visit, uh, my sister had worked at a, at a at a crash that Queen was at. So there I was preparing for my Queen, and she says to me, "I just need to warn you, by the way." I'm like, "Warn me what? Who's, no, about who's Queen." Warning you though, my sister. younger sister. She oh. goes, "I just have to warn you, Queen is black." I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool. Oh, a black Queen. That's interesting." No, 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 no. He has white parents. Oh, okay. That's when I stopped. I was like, "Because okay. oh," and I was like, "Actually, much as I'm open-minded and I live in the world, that would have actually thrown me." If a white lady had arrived dropping off this black kid. <laughs> okay, but I mean, so he's been adopted. So he's been adopted. And, um, you know, the mom was telling me how they've had to uh, clarify for the kids that when they grow up, they're not going to become white. Because literally they grew up thinking that as they grow older, they're just going to become whiter and whiter and no. then look like their parents. Yes. And this started, especially when they were going to school and you know, the kids are mean and the other kids well, are going, kids where's are your kids. mom? Who's your mom? It's like, no, that's my mom. Mm. That's my mom. Mm. You know? And he was thinking, oh, okay, because I don't look, cause they, 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 then the other kids would point out that he doesn't look like his mother. Mm. And he was like, yeah, but see, my palm is white. Mm. So the rest of me is going to become white like my oh, palm. No, and then when I grow up, I'm going to be this white, white kid. And I thought, you know, it's, it's interesting, like this country we live in where, all of this stuff is happening outside yet there are families like uh this uh, Lonet's family who are who have adopted children and literally saved them i mean these two kids were abandoned they were quite small one of them was malnourished and they are so loved and they're so happy and yet instead of the support that should be getting now they're being reminded you know like when Heritage Day comes and all these kids are coming in, they are Zulu Watwads and they are Sutu Watwads and they are Shweshwes. And then these kids arrive in Scottish kilts because their parents have, have Scottish heritage. Mm. And then the kids are making fun of them going, ah, but what's your real ancestry? Mm, mm, you mm. know? And she was, she was sharing with me how he once came home crying, saying that, um, you stole my ancestry. It's your fault. I don't know where I'm from. And who, I thought, who said I this? can smell a ducky. Who talked cuck a mile away when mm. a child says that? Cause you know, mm. my people, mm. my people like to cry about <laughs> oppression, but people, the way we oppress each other, people of the soil, the way we oppress each other, Doug Zamban, mm. I get pissed off. So are you saying that you get upset with people who have an issue with a black child being raised by a white family? Yes. Mm. Because so many, we've had, we've, we've abandoned so many of our children and this thing is so un-African. Because the way I know us to operate is if your cousin or your sister is at a child and they can't take care of that child, you, you, take, over. you, take, you, take, over. you take over. We haven't taken responsibilities for that children. Who the hell are we to have a problem with the fact that those people have, have, have taken over their children? And what is the alternative is for the child yes. then to be alone in the and world in my view, and to not be taken care and of? And in my view, those kids who are saying this on the field have heard it from their parents. There's no child who just wakes up one day and goes ancestry and, and culture and you are lost. That's cuck. This child heard their parents saying this. You raise, you, ra- you raise ruffians and then you're surprised. But don't you think the need for people to hold on to their identity, identity and their ancestry is because of this thing that we suffer from as black people where we feel like, but, you know, it, certain things were taken away from me as an individual. Appropriation. As a person, I, must, I must hold on to as much as I can. Again, hold and then, on. And then it gets... You the, have that right. Yeah. Do it. Okay. Do it. Yeah. You did not take responsibility for these children mm. that loving families have taken in, regardless of their race. For you to come and think now you're an authority. And then you come and talk, because then she was telling me, oh, but I think this one's Zulu. I said, auntie, why do you think this child's Zulu? Do you have their paperwork? Do you have, is there, was there a Zulu surname on the, on the birth certificate when you got it? And she says, no, it's because he likes meat so much. 
I had to pause for thought. <laughs> I was like, sorry, I'm lost. She says, no, I was told this actually by a black lady that because this one likes meat so much, he must be Zulu. And because the other one is smaller built and he's so gentle, he must be closer. I was so angry. Well, first I was tickled and I laughed. Let me not lie. I was tickled and I laughed. And then I stopped and I went, but why do people do this? It's like when you say, can I please teach, can you please teach me Susutu? And then I say, eh, you must all say, Subunu Sahau. And then you walk away laughing. Cause now this person goes around to every Susutu person going, Subunu Sahau. And then they get into trouble. But they were told that's how you say hi in Susutu. But we generalize as people. This is what yes, we do. So we'll yes, generalize about yes, Zulu people this, Kosa yes, people yes. that. So it comes from that. So now tribalism must go into it as well. Yes. This is the problem though How do we teach our children Pride in themselves Marie? How Are we going to say Now that we've decided To divide the country According to black and white Let's just say then No more letting people Of opposite color uh, Adopt babies Of opposite color Let's just overfill Our orphanages mm. And let these children Grow up In places that cannot Sustain so many of them At a time mm, mm. Is that what we're saying I don't know what we're I don't know what we're saying I don't know what we want No That's that one That's the thing right there Gatla gatla what, what do, do we, we want? want as a country? What do we as, want as a country, as a people in this country? What? What do we? What? Don't say you want Musi my money. I will smack you. <laughs> 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 what do we want? Like we're never happy. We're never freaking happy, you know. And I love, I love those kids. They're very cool. So we hung out with these people. We had a picnic. It was awesome. Um, can we do our um, hug a man? Hug a man. Yes. Today, I want to hug every man who asks their lady what they're planning on wearing before they find their outfit to that big event. Bless you guys for knowing this, for caring so much about accessorizing well for your ma- for your woman, because you know you are part of our outfit. <laughs> so I want to hug. You are the accessory. You are the accessory. And you are there. Yeah, yeah. You are there. And, you, and as long as you don't fight it mm. and you go with the flow, yes, all is well. All is well. Thank you. Because it reminds me of those pictures that you come across. You know how when during like J and B met mm. and the Durban July, mm. and then you see those couples and mm. you see how those men had absolutely no say mm. in what they were wearing that day. <laughs> I love those pictures. But they look happy. <laughs> That's what matters. Anyway, it's been it's been fantastic being here, hasn't it been, Mabali? So listen, before we go, can we yes. just do another reminder of Friday night. Friday it's on. Friday and Saturday night it is on in Brakpan. Big up Brakpan Massive. We're gonna In be... fact, I must apologize because this morning on the breakfast show, I did kind of allude to the fact that we were going to be joined by all the other ladies from Beaches Be Back. Yes. And then it turns out that schedules and whatnot were not schedules coordinated correctly. And, and I so, took full um, responsibility for not confirming with okay. them before I arrived. All I'm right. sorry, my ballet. Yeah, fine. I will bring you a cupcake. Gluten-free, sugar-free. Listen, there was somebody who delivered one of those cakes last week mm. to the studio. Mm. Everything free. Mm. Apparently tasted nice. I didn't have any. Mm. But this thing cost a thousand rand. This cake. Yo. It's called a benting cake. Ay, Kotra. A thousand rand. The word benting should never be said in front of me. <laughs> uh, we'll be back with you next week, Tuesday. In fact, Dumi will be back with you next I'll week. I'll be Tuesday. back. I'm, I'm by not, myself. I'm not going to be here because yes, I'm. Right, you know, I'm So there'll be a, a lot of that and more next week, Tuesday. <laughs> With Dumi Moraike and uh, Sipping Tea. Thanks for joining us. Of course, remember, you can always download uh, this po- podcast and any of our other podcasts at any time. Cliffcentral.com is where you should go. <laughs> 
Thank you very much. This is Cliffcentral.com.